0: Welcome to That Groovy Scoopcast, your go to audio hub for all things Scooby Doo.
1: I'm sorry, Shannon. I can't do the podcast right now. I have something important I need to do.
0: Derek, what could possibly be more important than That Groovy Scoopcast?
1: Welcome back, guys. My name is Derek.
0: And I'm Shannon.
1: And today we are reviewing the fifth episode of Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated, titled The Song of Mystery. Overall thoughts, Shannon, on this episode.
0: Okay, so Mystery Incorporated is my favorite series. Yeah. Or at least one of them. Yeah. This isn't my favorite episode from the series, but the series in general is still good, so I'm not, like, mad at it.
1: Yeah, I thought it was a really good episode for what it is on its own. But I think what we shared in our last episode for the fun fact is that this is the first episode in the series where it doesn't have anything to do with the, the the big mystery. Yeah. So it's just kind of a slightly disconnected, just day in the average life of the gang kind of episode. Which is fine to me to see in this series because we don't see that often.
0: No, we get to kind of just, yeah, like you said, they're day to day. They're just kind of skipping school and hunting yeah. demons. I don't right. know.
1: Uh, before we get started on our discussion of that episode though we are going to kick off the mystery machine match our weekly trivia competition where shannon and i try to figure out which one of us knows scooby-doo better than the other currently our points sit with me at 25 points and shannon with 24 so she's just slightly behind me yeah do you have your questions ready shannon i do okay well as always you can ask the first question today
0: in the spooky fog, what is the name of the town where Don Knotts invites the group to spend the night in jail? Is it Aprilberry or Juneberry?
1: It was Juneberry. Correct. What ship must Shaggy, Scooby-Doo, and Scrappy deliver the Maltese mackerel to? S.S. Boyant or S.S. Sinker?
0: S.S. Sinker?
1: It was Boyant.
0: Alright.
1: I, I wouldn't have known it. I,
0: I figured for kids they'd think Sinker was funny, but... I guess, is a thing.
1: I might not even be saying that word right, so it's—I <laughs> I don't even know. I'm not confident in how I pronounce, you know, pronounce that word. All right. So. What's your next question for me?
0: Yes or no. Joseph Barbera wrote the original Scooby-Doo theme song.
1: That's not true.
0: No. William Hanna wrote it.
1: Yeah. Next question. Yes or no. One of the titles considered for Scooby-Doo, Where Are You, was Who's Scared? Yes. You are correct.
0: I actually think that's one of the first fun facts you ever, like, personally shared with me about it.
1: That's probably true. So,
0: so that's, like, in my head. Right. <laughs> okay. Tour guide Mr. Sims appears in the episode, A Tiki Scare is blank.
1: No fair. Yeah. They gave options, like that but I was like,
0: <laughs> they gave options of very near or no fair, and I was like, he'll know it. I don't even have to finish that. <laughs>
1: Here's your last question: What type of animals does the gang ride on while they're on the prehistoric level of Scooby-Doo and the Cyber Chase? Mastodons or woolly mammoths?
0: I don't know. I still haven't seen that movie.
1: We need to change that. I, <laughs> I know. You know, I'm gonna suggest that after this recording, we're just gonna watch that.
0: We just watch it because like,
1: we just watch it because there's I'm so many th-
0: questions that are for it, and I don't know.
1: <laughs> and I don't understand why because like. I, I don't know. Like It's not the most notable <laughs> Scooby-Doo movie out there, and yet we have a lot of questions pertaining to that movie.
0: Yeah. There's so, so many other better movies, they don't ask me about them.
1: So, Mastodon um, or Woolly Mammoth?
0: M- Mastodon.
1: It was a Woolly Mammoth.
0: Yeah. Of course it was. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it looks like this week I gained all three points. You only gained one. Let's bring our totals to 28 and 25. Maybe we'll get Yay. next week. Yeah, maybe you'll get lucky (laughs) next time, so we'll see.
0: We're getting to the point where I need you to get them all wrong. Yes. Yep.
1: And that happens to you a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on to our review. Again, today we are talking about The Song of Mystery. Here's a premise for the episode coming from Scoobypedia. Kids are being spookified by the flute-playing K. Horrifico. Let's define spookified real quick. So, basically, when they hear the pan flute, the kids... Their hair just grows and, like, turns white. Yeah. And they get, like, little, like, liver spots all over their bodies and they... Fangs. Yeah, they go with the fangs, glowing eyes. They basically
0: turn into demons.
1: Basically, yes. The first instance of this happening happens while Daphne is babysitting a kid named Arthur... He's watching this TV show. We never get an actual name for the cartoon as far as I caught that he's watching, right?
0: I don't know if we got a name for it. I I think they said it. I just didn't catch it. It was I got the one character was Mr. Broccoli.
1: Oh, I didn't write their names. I didn't bother.
0: No, that was... The only reason I wrote it down was because I'm pretty sure the person who voiced Mr. Broccoli is the same person that voiced the mayor from Powerpuff Girls. And so... (sighs)
1: I knew that voice sounded yeah, kind yeah, of yeah, familiar. Yeah. And so
0: my childhood was like, oh my God. So that right. was the only reason I got his name. Because I was like, Mr. Broccoli's the mayor.
1: Right. This is not the first time we're going to see this cartoon pop up in the episode, guys. Yeah. Uh, but it's time for bed. So Daphne tucks in Arthur. Arthur exclaims that she is the best babysitter ever.
0: As a nanny, you get that all the time. Yeah. Like, I, I'm told <laughs> I'm the best babysitter ever ever. Every day. It is heartwarming every, every time, but, uh, but yeah, kids are cute. She, like, blows a kiss to him and then closes the door.
1: Mm-hmm. And we see a figure now outside the window in the street who begins playing a pan flute. And this wakes up Arthur, and he just becomes a demon child. Yeah. Um, Spookified
0: is cute, but I prefer demon child. I'm gonna be honest.
1: <laughs> I... Had made a note that he's very agile and does flips when he's oh my God, spookified. Like, all the kids are kind of like this. Yeah. Where they're very agile and just athletic. I don't feel like I would be able to do that if I was a 10-year-old that was in on this scheme, you know?
0: Apparently, like, gymnastics and, uh, and, and like, dance are very popular in uh, in Crystal, Crystal Cove. Cove. <laughs> That's the only thing I can think of. Like, every single t- child takes it.
1: Right. So Daphne, like, has to jump out a window to get away from him. We cut to the next day where she's just talking about it with the rest of the gang. And Fred, like, suggested that maybe it was sugar that made Arthur act out like that. Yep. Um, I'm very thankful, though, to hear that sugar does not cause you to grow fangs, as Daphne suggests.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm really worried about Fred's, like, brain.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe he just doesn't eat sweets at all because he has a deep fear of becoming spookified by sugar.
0: Yeah. I did want to make a note, though, because she's like, hey, can we drive by, like, his house? Can we check on him? Mm -hmm. I want to know, like, how did her night end? Did she just leave and the parents came home to that? Like,
1: (laughs) You know, I was kind of wondering, like, like, did she call them and be like, (laughs) hey, your child is no longer a child.
0: (laughs) Like, I don't even know how I would make that phone call. Would I just be like... So, uh, I don't really know what happened. I'm sitting outside your house because your kid tried to kill me. Um, she's got, like, some crazy fucking hair and, like, uh, glowing eyes.
1: Do I put them in timeout? Yeah, like, like, how do
0: you, how does this happen? Um. <laughs>
1: Can you come home, please? <laughs>
0: yeah. I'm gonna need you to come home. Right. Uh, I didn't break the child. I just, uh, there's, they got possessed. My bad. Uh, right. I don't know how that happened. <laughs>
1: So, we cut to the Velma-Shaggy conflict of this episode, which I just makes me hate their relationship more. Yeah. This being that Velma has been trying to get Shaggy to stop saying like the way he does, which, you know, all of us do, I feel like, now. Yeah. But, apparently, it makes him sound ignorant, and she wants him to stop doing that. So, I want to know how this was even addressed in the first place, because this is a reminder Yeah. You know, so this was a conversation they've had prior. And I like that they have this conversation, and yet Fred, Daphne, and Scooby are still all really oblivious to their relationship. Yeah. I just don't know how they're managing to keep it a secret at this point.
0: No, because they're sitting in the backseat. I mean, my only thought is if Velma was that controlling with everyone...
1: But she's not.
0: But she's not. So like, I don't. I don't know how they're not. Like, hey, what's going on? Right. And I. Th- I think Daphne's hinted at it a couple of times, or maybe yes. once. Yeah, she did. Because I know, like in the Crab Monster episode, she was like, "So is there like?" Mm-hmm? Uh huh.
1: That's not gonna be the only thing that we talk about today with them. So moving no. on, we learned that Fred is worried about getting to school on time because he's flunking civics. Um,
0: well, he starts out by going, yeah, we can go check on the, on the kid because there's nothing important going on at school. And then he cuts to like, oh shit, no, I'm failing out of physics or, uh, civics and I've got to, like, I've got to pass that or I'm off the team.
1: Right. Well, apparently Daphne's good at it, but Fred then informs her that he has a senior girl who Mm. is tutoring him and Daphne gets real jealous. Real quick. (laughs) When they go to
0: meet the tutor, like, Daphne's cracking her knuckles. Like, she's ready to fight. She's ready to fight, fight. yeah.
1: (laughs) It's like Daphne. This girl's being paid to teach civics to this moron.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but also think about it. Like, I'm sure Fred Jones is like Fred Jones. Like, everyone's wet for Fred there, I'm sure.
1: Not Marianne Clearden, but...
0: Oh, absolutely not.
1: Not Marianne Clearden.
0: I don't think Marianne has ever been wet in her life.
1: Whatever you want to (laughs) classify sex as, she is the exact opposite (laughs) of sex.
0: She just isn't.
1: Whatever definition you have for sex, she is the opposite.
0: Yeah, throw it out the window, (laughs) that's her.
1: Now, they arrive to the neighborhood where Arthur lives, and we just see a bunch of parents just packing up and leaving. And I'm like, that's just a solution that all of them had is (laughs) my child's possessed, so I'm going to abandon them and move. Also,
0: (laughs) how'd they get their stuff?
1: Uh, I don't know, without the kids attacking them. I don't know. Like that? Maybe maybe everyone in Crystal Cove has like an evacuation emergency plan at all times. So they have a suitcase... That's packed and ready to go at all times. Yeah.
0: I 100% would not doubt
1: that. Like, you know, given the town they live in, like.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. I would not actually be surprised if they have, like, a suitcase in the front closet of the house and been, like, on their way out the door, they just grab it, toss it in the car and go. Everything else you own, leave it behind. You don't need it. You don't need it. It is not essential.
0: You lost it in the fire. It's gone.
1: We learned that Arthur's last name is Bay Wozenthal, and I just... I hated that. Yeah.
0: It was so stupid for no reason.
1: <laughs> well, the reason why we learned this is because Daphne comes up to Arthur's dad and is like, what's going on? How's Arthur? And we see and Arthur, Arthur just... Arthur,
0: like, just... He, like, oof, hangs out the window, goes, Ugh! and then closes it. <laughs> and the
1: does dad that goes... Your question? <laughs>
0: the dad's like, does that answer it?
1: no (laughs) no it it really doesn't
0: now i have more questions
1: (laughs) (laughs) so we are now talking to the sheriff he says that the transformations are being classified as spookification and we see another uh couple who are calling back to their kid named tiffany to remind her to brush her teeth like okay i understand you're possessed Live your best possessed life, um, (laughs) but don't forget to brush. (laughs) I know.
0: Speaking to the demon inside, Tiffany, please brush her teeth. Uh, Otherwise, they'll fall out, and you'll be a little sad.
1: You will not like that dentist bill. No. So, uh, they also said that they're going to be dropping in, like, freeze-dry camp food for these kids, because they're not incapable of reconstituting macaroni while being possessed. I don't don't know know what what these demons are
0: capable of.
1: (laughs) Well, they, they can can't do flips, form words, but they can do flips.
0: They can't form words,
1: but they can do flips.
0: They can open a window. I'm sure they can like open a container
1: and do flips. Um, <laughs> Fred is ready to get on the case, and his dad, also being there, is like, "Ah, uh, no!" Has them all handcuffed and I thrown in that. a police truck. Yeah. Because like, that's a proportional response.
0: <laughs> I do love though the thing that like because we don't often see like their day to day life. So I do love that on the day to day they're not allowed in certain places. Like because everyone was like, "No, leave."
1: Like it's because yeah, la- later uh, Velma's mom was like, "Sheriff, they're back. <laughs> they're
0: back. Get them out of here. Fucking take my kid away." Right. Because because we often see the sheriff being mean to them. Yeah, he like, doesn't like them at all. No, but so to to know that even your parents are like, get them out of here.
1: Well, yeah, because they're going to ruin the tourist uh, opportunity of this creature that sher- the sheriff like, shows them on a drawing.
0: Yeah.
1: And the the mayor was like, I'm seeing, you know, tourists and t-shirts, concerts, and tchotchkes. I had to look up what a tchotchke was. I didn't know what What is it? Was. I don't know what it is. It's like a trinket. That, like, why didn't they just say trinket? It's like it's a useless item that you have on your, like your desks so, like it could have been like a little k horrifico, like,
0: yeah
1: yeah like junk that you get at a, at a souvenir shop
0: okay
1: but I want to know what kind of concerts they're looking to have about K-Horifico is it all pan flu because I'm not saying to go to
0: that <laughs> there are some people out there that probably would though sure i mean listen it's not us i can guarantee that but like i'm sure there's some (laughs) i'm sure there's some weird people out there
1: we are not their audience (laughs) no
0: we're not the target audience here um i do want to also say you would think because the kids are in high school now they're obviously well known for like debunking everything that happens in this town so you would think instead of just investing constant money into all these like souvenirs and everything they'd wait wait like four days at most. Yeah.
1: Well, when you consider the fact that this episode takes place over the course of about three days... Yeah. Roughly. And they already had merch.
0: That's what I was like. Saying. Also, who's the days. t-shirt guy? How do I, don't I, know, I get but t-shirts he works that fast. fast? He works fast. They gotta pay him a lot. He's working overnight.
1: Because even at the end of the episode, when the culprit is, you know, being arrested... And the sheriff's like, do you know how many, like, K-Horifico shirts and souvenirs and CDs we're all going to just be stuck with and oh my it's god like, well, so you know that what, means
0: that means they already recorded pan flute music
1: yes they did and yes, already had did. it
0: like put on cds
1: yep they got Absolutely. some like
0: this town has to be in debt
1: <laughs> i don't want to see crystal coast budget <laughs> Oh, so
0: much debt Derek! it has to be
1: So, (laughs) we are now at the school. They're having lunch. I like that Scooby is also just there.
0: Yeah. You
1: know, he's just I mean, I
0: don't expect anything less, but yeah.
1: Yeah. So, he goes to get more food for Shaggy. And Velma gives Shaggy a rubber band to snap on his (laughs) wrist whenever he accidentally says like. Wow. My wrist would be, like, bruised, if not bleeding, if I had to do that for every single time I say like the way that Shaggy does. Yeah. I... I... Would not want to be him here. But then she also, like, slips him a clothes catalog. It's like, I also want you to buy some pants, because you promised me that you would care more about your appearance. It's like, well, if he was going to do that, he would, like, cut his hair, (laughs) comb his hair, trim his beard.
0: Yeah. Here's my thing. Because I am all on board with Velma being a toxic person. I don't love it. She is definitely a toxic girlfriend. I've written that down so many times. The only thing I'm going to side with her on is the fact that he's owned the same pair of pants since 8th grade
1: and they're and probably do, what we're, yeah they're like juniors now i think
0: yeah, yeah 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 they're juniors i do feel like it's time for a little upgrade even if you buy the same pants again i just feel like it's time for something new um it's been like 4 years you own the same like you only own one pair of pants. That's the well, only pair of pants I see you in.
1: But this also suggests that Shaggy has been this tall since, since eighth, eighth grade. grade.
0: Yeah. I mean we had some really tall people in eighth grade. Well, I in guess. my class. In my class we had tall ass people.
1: I guess. It's just it's shocking to think that was. So eighth grade he would have been what, 14 He would have been fourteen. 13, 14 years old, yeah. Yeah, 13, so 14. So that's really tall, though, for a mm-hmm. 13, 14-year-old. Like, wow. So Shaggy doesn't know what he wants, so Velma's going to pick out some pants for him. I would c- not have allowed that. I Neither would I. We I would have been like, I'll to- figure it
0: out later, bitch.
1: <laughs> we cut over to Fred and Daphne. So they're in the library waiting to meet Fred's new civics tutor. Uh, we meet Marianne Gleardon. She is probably 13. Uh, she has an
0: IQ of 195.
1: I had to look the up, like, because I don't really know all that much about, like, IQ scores or anything yeah. like that. She's, like, super gifted. like Yeah. The, that is so high. She should, like, be working at NASA right now. Yeah. She should not. She... She wants to be on city council, but the mayor told her that she's too young. She shouldn't have even asked because she knows the law. But yeah. aside from that her parents are having her go to the high school for a few weeks to, like, help with her social skills, as if she can't do that in college, but I don't
0: know. Okay, here's what I wrote down about Marianne. She's gross. She has an IQ of 95, of 195, to which I put, oh, shit. Uh, Absolutely no social skills. And then in parentheses put, super gross. Uh, And then I put, we'll definitely be running for mayor next year. (sighs) Ah! (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's what she yeah. does it's yeah so nasty. i
0: hated it so much that noise like triggers me because i've had people in my life that will do that like snot thing uh-huh and i i hate it so mm-hmm. much
1: yeah i i can completely agree and sympathize with that because i also know some people that do that shit it's nasty yeah. it is so gross so daphne's just like you know relieved because the The senior tutor that's going to be teaching Fred is this freak. Um, Yeah. (laughs) So she turns around and accidentally bumps into a teacher, uh, Dr. Portillo, who drops a book. We briefly learn that he's a guest teacher there teaching uh, South American mythology.
0: Yeah, he's a foreign exchange teacher.
1: Yeah, which I didn't know those exist, but... Okay, so the thing,
0: like, I I knew that it was a thing because back when we first went into college, I was going to be a teacher specifically to join a, like, foreign exchange program where I would be able to go to Australia for a year and a teacher would come to uh, the U.S. for a year to teach. I don't know why he would pick Crystal Cove as his place that he would want to go to. I can
1: see that, because Crystal Cove is known for supernatural stuff. He teaches... But, like, super, like, like,
0: but like nationally? I
1: mean, or like, yeah. worldwide? No, well, yeah, because Crystal Cove in this world is the most haunted place in the world.
0: Yeah, that's true. Okay.
1: So, yeah, he definitely wants to teach there because... I
0: would be so scared to stay a whole year there.
1: I'm surprised that he's teaching at the high school because he's apparently a doctor. Like, I think yeah. he should be over at Darrow University, the college that's in this yeah. town. Um, but he drops a, a book and it has an image of the creature that the sheriff showed the gang earlier in the episode. Yeah. But then the doctor comes back, he swipes it and he walks away all angrily like, that's none of your business. Um, we see another scene of that night where Kay Horrifico appears, causes more kids to spookify and terrorize their parents. The next day the gang arrives at the, the crime scene. We're seeing police with tape and you know signs and all that. We see Shaggy in his new pants.
0: They are skinny jeans.
1: Oh, they are awful, but they make him feel like a sausage is how he describes the experience of wearing these pants. Mm-hmm. He cannot bend those legs. No. In those pants. No. Although not even I like that, the slightest. Well, I like that when they're all together too in the group. Scooby is like, nice pants. And it's like, Scooby, did you not see him walk out of the house? Your yeah. house?
0: Like you guys live together? That would have been a line for like sh- for like Fred. Fred could have yeah. been like, ah, oh, nice. And especially since Fred's like I an idiot see Fred in the Fred series. Loving
1: those pants. Yeah, yeah.
0: That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like I because Fred's an idiot in this series, he he would be the perfect person to be like, Oh, Shaggy! Great pants. I love and just your walk pants. away. Yeah, and then and then Even that would he been doesn't a,
1: mean it. He would say that.
0: Yeah, but see, that's that would have been perfect for Fred to be like, "Oh my god, nice pants!" And then walk away. And then Scooby could have been like, "Yeah, nice pants," <laughs> and then walked. You know, and that would have been like a funny thing. But right, yeah. uh, they're ugly skinny jeans. I hate them. My question is, what does Velma see in Shaggy?
1: Because she wants I've, to change everything about. We, we've everything. asked this question before. Yeah. We asked this question every single time we see their relationship having this kind of conflict. Agreed. Like, what does she see in him from the very beginning? If all she wants to do is change his appearance, change how he talks, change what he eats, like, what do you like about him then?
0: And I hate it so much because I always thought that Fred and Daphne should be together, and then that Velma and Shaggy should be together. Like, I was always one of those people. And I—that's one of the things that I like. Don't forgive this series for—is like ruining that. Yeah. Because because in no other series is she that mean. Yeah. And I, she's not even that mean in this series. She's very sarcastic, and I fucking love it. But like. I love her she's personality on person. her own. Like I yeah. love them
1: on her own in this series. When she's in the relationship with Shaggy, that's where I don't like her.
0: Yeah, I hate at her. All. Yeah. Because she's so nice to Fred. She's so nice to Daphne. She's so nice even to Scooby most of the time. Mm-hmm. But it's like, for some reason, she's just got a bone to pick with with Shaggy, and I hate it.
1: Right. We see her mom show up with uh, the tour bus and you know calls, like, Sheriff, they're back. I made a note Mom's that I... fucking tattletale. <laughs> right. Although I made a note that I've never noticed in this scene, because I've seen this episode a few times, when the gang's like, sorry we're, we're here just to see what happened Angie goes there's nothing to see not unless you're paying and mm-hmm. the guy that's directly behind her to the left he like glares at her when she <laughs> says that like go back and watch it later if you have I the opportunity will. to like he's just chilling and then when she says there's nothing to see here unless you're paying he like glares at her for a split second and it was so subtle and funny I'm just like oh
0: He was like, oh, okay.
1: Right. But she does have Velma wear the new K Horrifico t-shirts that they got produced really fast. They were $15. So if anyone asks, that's how much
0: they cost. $15. Okay. A couple of things here. I put, she's a good daughter, but a bad girlfriend. So we already went on that (laughs) rant, but... Great daughter, right? So she, like, puts on this ugly-ass fucking t-shirt, yep. and then every time somebody asks, she's like, it's $15. Yep. Like, she actually is helping the family business. Despite, um, her,
1: despite her not loving the business. Yeah. Because like, we've she, even seen for the very first episode, she does not support their, she's not there their for way it, of living. No.
0: <laughs> but she, like, she you know, and I'm sure everyone knows, like, who's who Velma's family is, so right. they don't have to ask where it is. But, like, they just see the new t-shirt and they're like, oh, obviously it's for sale. How much is it? exactly. But, like, we see it throughout the whole episode. She answers every single time. $15, $15, $15. 15." Yeah.
1: So, the gang decide to investigate uh, Portillo, the doctor that Daphne met earlier, to see if maybe he knows anything about the creature. Yeah. So, they eavesdrop in his office. He shows up and is kind of mad at them, rightfully so. And he tells them about K Horrifico. I made a note that Fred... Evidently owns a dart blowgun.
0: A blowgun. I noticed that too. The,
1: he mistook the, the pan flute as a blowgun. I'm like, oh, Fred.
0: Now, Fred when asks, are you
1: using that? Yeah. I'm,
0: that <laughs> makes me nervous. But I did note that Fred's preferred blow dart is a three centimeter comb beaver bristle.
1: Oh. I did not write that down, but I remember him saying that. Yeah. So Portillo is excited to show them the K Horrifico size that he has in color. Um, that, that must be a rarity with these. So when he's telling the story of, K okay, we learn that, you know, in South American culture, it's, you know, just believed that this creature gets the kids to terrorize their communities and then it takes them to either a spooky town or a cave. But there's a lot of debate on that. Who's to say? <laughs> um, <laughs> I thought that was kind of silly. And after they leave the office, I made a note that Velma is racist. I don't know if I noticed that. So she's a bad girlfriend, she's a good daughter, and she's just racist. So she says that she has a pretty good hunch that Dr. Portillo is k Horrifico because he's got the pan flu, the blankets, he claimed that he hasn't been sleeping with the last couple of nights, and he has an accent.
0: Yeah, I did notice. Yeah. Yeah, she did say that.
1: That is racial profiling, Velma. Cut it out. I do not want that in my Scooby-Doo. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I also am wondering, like, what accent does he have? Is it South American? Is that why she was, like...
1: And the thing is, like, I don't like that they're being so broad as South America. Like, that's a whole continent.
0: <laughs> that, that's that's literally, like, saying North America. Like, that's
1: like saying um, in the the recent episode we did with the, the beauty pageant, uh, Miss yeah. Africa.
0: Yeah, Miss Africa, same thing. yeah. Yep. Yeah.
1: So... They run into Marianne Gleardon. She's like, okay, come on, Fred. We have a civics lesson. And he goes, sorry, I have something important to do. What could possibly more be more important than civics, Fred?
0: Uh, demon children, you yeah, bitch. Yeah, I
1: think that's a little <laughs> bit more um, of a priority here, regardless of if you're investigating this or not. <laughs> so... They go to the professor's house that night because Velma found the address on the school computer. I don't like that that was information they have access to.
0: No, that makes me so all. nervous. That makes me very glad I'm not a teacher, because I almost did that. And to have my students just fucking show up to my house? Not about it. Mm-hmm. Right. So, i cry.
1: Yeah. The gang is watching Portillo through the window, but Shaggy gets them caught because he can't bend his legs down in the pants he's wearing. Which, so he-
0: I'm not blaming Shaggy.
1: I'm Blame blaming Valma. Blame Valma. This is entirely Valma's fault. All so Valma's fault. They get caught, and Portillo is like, "So you think that I'm K horrifico? Well, so do I. So come <laughs> on." <it."> <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was the most like anticlimactic because they were all like, "We have to hide. We have to hide." Uh-huh. And then it was, "Oh, so you are accusing me? Yeah, I kind of think I am too. You, you want to watch right. me?"
1: <laughs> so they they tie him to a recliner with chains. Fred is now asking him who his chain guy is. Oh, he so, is so hot for Also, those just chains. has chains. Sure. Hey, um, I'm not
0: questioning his sex life.
1: N- neither am I. I am <laughs> questioning his uh, diet, though, because he says yeah. that he says that the K horrifico transformation can be so powerful that he would not remember it over the night, like yeah. after you've had too much fudge. I don't want to see. This man's personal life if it's that intense. <laughs> um,
0: how much fudge is enough fudge to forget my night?
1: Again, I don't know. I don't know. I want feel like
0: fudge is a code word for, like, alcohol.
1: I think it's a code word for hard drugs.
0: Yeah, drugs. Like, you can't just eat a bunch of fudge and forget your whole night. <laughs> that cannot be a thing. Listen, right. I know sugar high's a thing, but, like...
1: Come on, that's, that's gotta be
0: so much fudge!
1: <laughs> right. So the gang is all watching Portillo while like the night goes on. Shaggy and Scooby got bored, so they're laughing watching that broccoli show we saw at the beginning of the episode. And then at one point, Portillo like starts freaking. Out. I was like, "Oh my god, it's happening! It's <laughs> happening! Oh my god, I'm so scared!" Ah! And, oh wait, it's just gas. And I'm it's like, "It's just gas." And I'm just wondering what he's like when he's orgasming. If that's his reaction to farting. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. He's got to be loud.
1: Right. <laughs> so they do confirm, though, like, he's not K. Horrifico because then they see the figure outside. I he's did want to note, too,
0: because everything that Pretio had said as well was like, you know, he wasn't sleeping at night and blah, 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 blah. Uh, under those circumstances, you or I could also be K. Horrifico. Like you don't sleep at night, you're you don't really remember the night, you're kinda of groggy, like Too much yeah, fudge. Could, yeah, too much fudge, definitely me.
1: Maybe it has the same effects as poi. Remember Shaggy and his yeah, poi? Yeah, and his poi. Yeah, his poi problem. It's making him bark at people.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh geez, that's an old season two joke.
0: Too much um, too much fudge will turn you into K Horrifico.
1: So the kids start <laughs> You know, becoming demons again now that K. has played the pan flute and left. I made a note... So does
0: that mean they're also, like, normal during the day?
1: I'm assuming not. No, they're not. Because we saw, like, Arthur that morning.
0: Yeah, that's true. Where he was freaking
1: out through the window. No, so they they are completely transformed, and I guess they just stay that way all the time.
0: Alright.
1: And the transformation doesn't happen, though, until you get your signal on the night with the pan flute. Gotcha. Now... They're driving the mystery machine, the gang is, and Velma says that the kids have taken over the neighborhood. To the point where there's just random fires in yards, and there's like a scrapped car just chilling on the road. What have these kids done?
0: They chased all their parents away.
1: And then just started like, setting fires, and... How old would you say these kids are? I want to say, no, they, you know, I said that Arthur was 10 earlier, but he's not, because Marianne Gleardon, everybody, is the villain... Um, we'll talk about her motives later, but she did say that she went around to every kindergarten and elementary school, yeah, so I'm say- I'm gonna guess like maybe six cause I think it's like a good small. average number here is six.
0: I can't imagine six year olds maybe I just have a lot of good kids in my life cause I know some children that like would set a fire, but not that many
1: literally every six year old in Crystal Cove,
0: apparently. Out of all of the, like, small children I know, I know one child that would probably start a fire if left unattended.
1: But there's just fires everywhere. Like, I'm surprised there isn't, like, a house on fire. Like,
0: yeah, there's, like, (laughs) every child in Crystal Cove is, like, fire.
1: But keep in mind, like, there's no parental supervision anymore. The parents have left town.
0: They're airdropping in camp food.
1: I like to think that all the parents went to, like, a resort
0: I hope so. They deserve it.
1: <laughs> like they're all at the same resort, just abandoning their children, just being like, "Yes, finally." <laughs> just,
0: just sitting a by the pool. Good reason
1: to leave our children behind. <laughs>
0: sitting by the pool with your neighbor, sipping a cocktail, and just be like, "Like one that one mom's like, I miss Tiffany," and the rest of them are like, "Shut up, Danielle.
1: Nobody gives a fuck about our kids." <laughs> you know they're not brushing their teeth. <laughs> um. The gang decides to try and set a trap for K. horifico They are going to pretend to like be a family, and Shaggy and Scoob are going to be the children, because of course they are. And they're going to use this vacant rental home for the trap. So for one, they're trespassing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Potentially, just damaging everything in this house.
0: Didn't they say that it's been like for sale for like a year?
1: Still not a justifiable. Oh no no no! Reason. But I mean, like,
0: how is that? How is that house not on fire?
1: Honestly. Daphne should be a realtor, I think.
0: Hundred percent.
1: Because she's just like, it's this the perfect. I think you wrote down the details, so she's yeah. That right. So she
0: goes. She was like, it's a fully furnished three bedroom, two bath charmer with an upgraded appliances, perfect for a couple just starting out. And
1: Looking Fred's Fred. response
0: is, "Not when I'm done with it."
1: Right. So like, Fred has full intentions of causing havoc in this yeah, home. Yeah.
0: Oh, he's like, I'm gonna fuck this house up. <laughs>
1: So they get in their disguises. Scooby and Shay are out on the front lawn in really interesting children's costumes. Uh, I didn't like them. Fred and Daphne are a married couple. And Velma is a grandmother just rocking in her rocking chair. And I like the reaction when Daphne's like trying to be affectionate with Fred. And Fred's like, watch it, Daphne. Remember, we're married. Don't look so happy. <laughs> yeah. his,
0: his parents' uh, married life is not good. Right. <laughs> I, I can tell you right then and there.
1: Right. Now, they say that it's time for the kids to go to bed, so Scooby and you go to bed.
0: Okay, wait, they didn't even name their children. Because nope. they were like, Hey you two little ones, it's time for bed <laughs> And I was and, like,
1: Oh And then they're like they like skip into the house. Yeah. Like Grandma's gonna tell along. you a story. Well yeah, the story is yes, the end. So yep. it's not a great story.
0: That would not put me to bed.
1: I made a note when their their plan fails, they try to like you know catch Kay Horrifico under a net, and then the kids come and like save Kay Horrifico and attack the gang. I made a okay. note that the children sound like angry cats.
0: Yeah. My only note for that, I just wrote demons.
1: Very detailed and informative. Yeah. Yep. Th- thank you for that contribution. You're, you're welcome. I made a note that when they were trying to barricade the front door and keep the kids from coming in... The kids are like slamming open the door a little bit, and apparently one of them just had on hand a bottle of vegetable oil to make the gang slip and lose their balance and, sh- you know, keeping the door shut. Yeah. Because that's just something I carry. You should carry that too in your purse from now on. I think.
0: I'll carry a little a little container of it just vegetable in case oil. I need just, to trip somebody.
1: Yeah. Just Honestly, in case.
0: not a bad idea. <laughs> you know what? They were probably using it to set the fires. I'm sure. Sh- vegetable that shit's oil. Fl- Shit's flammable. It's oil. (laughs) Listen, they're six. They don't know. They don't know what to grab. I'm sure their parents don't just have gasoline in the car, so they're like, vegetable oil. Fucking let me set a fire.
1: The kids do manage to get into the house. The gang, like, you know, runs everywhere. I made a note that Shaggy was dragged into the dark. It was so
0: scary.
1: If we had never seen him again, I would have assumed he was murdered.
0: Okay, I a hundred percent wrote. What would they have done with Shaggy and Velma?
1: Because Velma almost
0: gets taken too. By the, I like, want to yeah, know. She was,
1: like dragged out the window.
0: Yeah, I want to know what they would have done. Like, would the children Honestly. be? Like, would they have killed them?
1: I don't know how far these kids would have gone. They like they were like really getting in their faces and grabbing yeah. them and the thing is like the kids are grabbing Velma from outside a window that I, they're on the second floor right yeah like and they the fucking kids, human. matter like, some yeah. of the kids fall out the window some of the kids fell out the window like how yeah. are these kids not hurt they're they're know. six they
0: rip the K horrifico shirt off of Velma like yes. they're they're going in for blood
1: tore it to shreds i would right. have been
0: i would have died
1: At one point, Shaggy and Scooby are hiding in a closet, and Fred, Daphne, and Velma are being cornered by a TV. I think Fred, like, accidentally turned on the TV. Yeah. Is that what happened?
0: Yeah, he, like, backed up into it.
1: Yes, and it turned out that the cartoon with the broccoli and the angry turnip was on, and all the kids instantly are like, oh, cartoons. (laughs)
0: Like a child would. (laughs) And
1: so they all start taking off their costumes... You know, it turns out all, you know everything was fake. And all of the kids in the entire house, there's probably at least 20. Yeah. Like, all come downstairs to watch the cartoon together. Kay is like, looking through the window, like, oh my god, you're ruining everything. What are you doing? Like, kill them. The gang chases Kay Horrifico out of the house. And then the police show up out of nowhere.
0: Somehow they reason. got called.
1: So, Kay gets caught in, I'm assuming, just a backup net that Fred had set up. I'm I like down that when for it. Mayor, I don't doubt it. I like that when the mayor got out of the the cop car, he's like, "What in the name of whole wheat toast is going on?" Because <laughs> he always says those kind of sayings, yeah. it's kind of he's like just a so weird. Like the old like Robin. Yeah. Um, so it turns out, yeah, Kay Harfago is Marianne Gleardon. She wanted to basically rile up all the kids to run all the adults out of Crystal Cove and begin a utopia because she has really good ideas on how to run the city. I disagree, given there are cars just abandoned in the streets. There are fires. Marianne, what is your plan? What What she is your gonna plan? Make,
0: she was going to make a Gotham. That's exactly what it was going to be.
1: Run by children, because there's going to be no adults in this town.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Like, it's, it's just going to be children of the corn, but with <laughs> K Horrifico. And fire. <laughs> yes, and fire. So... She said that when she was trying to, like, rile up all the kids at the local kindergarten and elementary schools that she, you know, was going to offer them Utopia. And they only really got in on it because of candy.
0: Yeah. That's an amount of candy. So.
1: And this is such an unrealistic plan when you think about how much coordination you need to get to get all of these, like, six-year-old children to pull off this plan. Where she okay, does the pan a, flute. It 100
0: would have worked, Derek. Yeah, 100%. It a hundred percent would have worked until Mr. Broccoli came on the fucking TV.
1: No cartoons in Marianne Gleardon's idea of a perfect utopia in no. Crystal Cove. No problem. Well, Broccoli. and I'm
0: sure they all could have taken off their stuff. Like once all the adults left, they could have gone back to being kids, so.
1: Well, yes, but then once they go back to being kids, like I I wanna know Marianne's plan. Like
0: yeah, how I are do... the kids gonna
1: be raised or educated? Yeah. I don't know what her overall plan is that there's no adults in this town. Yeah. And she's 13, probably. Like... (laughs) Just about. Now, when the kids are all, like, leaving, you know, to go home and stuff, I'm thinking to myself, what are their parents gonna say to them? Are you fucking kidding me? You were doing flips and shit and starting fires?
0: Like, you started a fire? Especially to whatever kid set the car on fire? Honestly. Like, like you... (laughs) I would rip a new asshole. Are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) You set my car on fire? fire that is so far beyond a joke or a <laughs> prank are you f- oh there'd be so every, many swear words
1: every six year old in crystal cove is grounded <laughs> for
0: the rest of their life
1: honestly all of those
0: kids are going to be in high school and then like some new girl's gonna come in and be like hey do you guys want to like throw a party this weekend and they'd be Everybody's like no i'm grounded, grounded.
1: <laughs> and they'd be grounded.
0: like yeah everyone's grounded we're sorry she'd be like wait everyone yeah yeah everyone um when we we were six we
1: <laughs> honestly it just tells the story and then the, the kid's like you know i think we need to move
0: yeah i goes home mom this town's fucking weird i don't
1: like it here so yeah the kids are leaving arthur turns around and makes the point of oh by the way this was lame fuck you arthur
0: fuck you arthur <laughs> You almost killed your favorite babysitter ever. Honestly. Like, you're a bitch. I Shut you up. you just
1: lost your babysitter.
0: Oh, I'd, I'd be done. I would never watch any of those kids again.
1: <laughs> Honestly. So, <laughs> we finished the episode at Kegul Radio Station. Portillo shows up to do a pan flute concert for everyone, because that just sounds so fun. Yeah. Doesn't it? So much, I guess. She, Shaggy ditches the pants and gives them back to Velma, being like, "Sorry, but like these are not me." He says, "Shaggy likes likes baggy." Yeah, but he does like a little twirl with her, and you know they start dancing, so they have a good time at least. Yeah, that does not resolve though the like issue. No, Velma, I think is still going to want to pursue that outside of the episode confines. (laughs) That finishes up my notes for the episode. Do you have any more to say?
0: No, that was it.
1: Okay. Well, what did you give this on the Scooby Snackometer?
0: I gave it a 7. Okay. I liked it. It's a good episode. Like it's not my favorite of the series, but I do still like the episode.
1: Mhm. I am giving it a 6 myself. Okay. I think that it's good for what it is given it's not in line with the entire big mystery of the the series. Mm-hmm. Um it's a really good day-to-day, you know, mystery for the gang. I like seeing the gang have interactions with other students and, like, mm-hmm. teachers at the school, which is kind of neat. We don't see that in every single episode all that much. The The plan was bonkers, but it's unique. It's basically just Children of the Corn. <laughs> but, right. you know. Um, but, yeah, I enjoyed it as well. So I'm going to give it a 6. Okay. So with your 7, my 6, That Groovy Scoopcast awards The Song of Mystery a 6.5 on the Scooby Snackometer. So do you want to hear a fun fact about this episode? Yes. The scene where Shaggy and Scooby are hiding in the closet in the rental home, Mm -hmm. they get in the closet and then they tie that ascot around the the handles inside. And then, you Mm -hmm. know, we're seeing the kids shake the doors and try to get in. That is a direct reference to Laurie Strode in the Halloween movie. Okay. When she got into the closet and tied a scarf around it and Michael Myers is trying to get into the closet.
0: Cute. Yeah.
1: I thought that was kind of neat. So next week, we're going to be moving on to Be Cool, Scooby-Doo. Jan, would you like to randomize what episode we're going to watch next week? Yes. Alrighty, here we go.
0: Next week, we will be watching Into the Mouth of Madcap.
1: I have not seen this episode. Have you?
0: I don't think so. Hmm. I mean, I feel like I watched the whole series, Mm -hmm. so I'm sure I've seen this at least once, but not off the top of my head.
1: Okay. Well, here's a premise for the episode coming from Scoobypedia. Daphne agrees to babysit her friend's son. Why is she still babysitting? Sorry. (laughs) What? (laughs) What? After this shit, she's still going to continue babysitting. Okay, sorry. Okay. Um, I'm so
0: glad that we got these back to back.
1: <laughs> so glad. Starting that over, Um. yeah, so for some reason, Daphne agrees <laughs> to babysit her friend's son, which puts a cramp in Fred's plan of them solving a mystery at an amusement park.
0: Okay. I wonder if the kid will, like, come on the mystery.
1: I hope they don't get spookified. <laughs> I hope the kid's the bad guy. Right. <laughs> so if you guys want to talk to us about the song of mystery or into the mouth of Madcap, anything Scooby-Doo for that matter, really, you can find us on social media. We are on Facebook and Instagram at ThatGroovyScoobCast and Twitter at groovyScoopCast.
0: You can check us out on YouTube at ThatGroovyScoobCast. You can send us an email at thatgroovyScoopCast at gmail.com. Or you can check out our website, www.ThatGroovyScoobCast.com.
1: And with that, we hope that you enjoyed that Groovy Scoopcast.
0: Come back next week for a Scooby Snack-filled time. Bye, guys. Bye.